Welcome to the Portugal 2018 World Cup podcast as the Selecao opened their Russian campaign with a memorable 3-3 thriller against Spain in Sochi. Plenty to talk about, including another phenomenal performance from Cristiano Ronaldo and the stars for Bruno Fernandes and Gonzalo Gedge. My name is Matthew Marshall, coming at you from Bonn in Germany, joined as always by the godfather of Portugal, Tom Cundit in Lisboa. Tom, how are you? I'm good, Matt. Good to speak to you. Uh, got a lot to, to cover today. Uh, what a start, eh? Yeah, fantastic game. We'll get on to it in just a moment. But joining us on the Portugal podcast today is Patrick Ribeiro over in Cambridge in England. Patrick, how are you going? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's get this show on the road, gentlemen. And Tom, what a sensational start to the tournament for Portugal. Took the lead twice, one under the pump for large periods. How did you see the game? Well, that's the word, isn't it? Sensational. Absolutely incredible match. Uh, I don't think anyone is expecting that. I think most were expecting quite a cagey game. I think in uh, the four previous games between Spain and Portugal in tournament play, uh, there had been four goals. So, you know, just one goal a game on average. So most people are expecting something similar. And, uh, well, you know, as can often happen when there's an early goal, it just completely opens up the game. Absolutely sensational. I have to say, I thought Spain were, uh, were magnificent. I thought uh, they were the better side throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the 90 minutes. Portugal, fantastic. They showed great spirit. This incredible spirit that they've really shown ever since Fernando Santos has been, been manager. They just never know when they're beaten. And, uh, well, Ronaldo, you know, what can you say? Just an absolutely incredible performance. Trying to put Ronaldo into words is, is becoming increasingly difficult. Patrick, uh, do you want to attempt to have a go at explaining Ronaldo's hat-trick and performance in this match? It's always great to have someone like that in, in your team that you can count on that in just one moment he can create a bit of magic. And like, even, even for someone as good as Ronaldo, you know, sometimes uh, criticism that's leveled at him is that his free kicks aren't aren't all that great as, as they should be or as they have been in the past. And especially that free kick where where it's perhaps best positioned for a left footer like Rafael Guerreiro uh, to, to, to take it. Someone like Ronaldo always has the courage to step up and create a, a moment of magic like that. And it wasn't even a, a characteristic Ronaldo free kick. He usually goes for a lot more power. This time he went for you know, a little bit more placement. It was just perfect. It, it's very positive, obviously. It's a huge positive to have someone like that in your team with other great players scattered across uh, the front line. It, it's, it looks very optimistic for Portugal. I know it was a 3-3 draw, but by the end of it, I'm sure the Portuguese camp will have been buzzing. Tom, does this draw feel like a win for Portugal, considering what happened in the second half? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. And I think uh, the way the game panned mm-hmm. out as well, uh, I think first, for example, a lot of people have said that uh, Spain absolutely dominated possession and that's true and that maybe Portugal didn't do enough to stop that but I think a lot of it had to do with that early goal you know, if you actually saw the opening three minutes before that goal Portugal started really well really positively had quite a lot of possession pushed quite a few men forward they scored a goal and then I suppose inevitably that led to Portugal just playing a much more counter-attacking style, being deep. And also coupled with that, of course, we all know Spain are absolutely magnificent at passing, you know, those little intricate passes in midfield. So it is just very difficult to get the ball off them. Uh, and, uh, of course, Portugal had some joy on the, on the counter-attack and uh, perhaps with a little bit more composure, a little bit less uh, first World Cup game nerves, I suppose you could say, from Gonzalo Guedes. Uh, you know, they could have possibly gone two up then it might have been a different game. Portugal, they, they can't really complain about the result. And like you say, it definitely feels like a, a victory. 
ever since really Spain went free to work, Portugal didn't threaten that much and it looked like they were going to crock up the win quite easily. And then uh, was that brilliant Ronaldo free kick. And, and at the end, Portugal could have actually just snatched it at the end. They looked really strong in, uh, in stoppage time. And Quaresma, that chance definitely is a draw, which feels like a win. Yeah, I mean, taking the lead twice makes the draw a little bit hard to take. But considering what happened in the second half, Considering the fact that Spain were, were excellent, I thought, particularly David Silva and Ishko and Iniesta, they, they really controlled the midfield in the second half. And I don't think Portugal can have too many complaints, especially after what happened with uh, Morocco losing to, to Iran. It, it's, it's quite a good situation for Portugal now moving forward, which we'll, we'll get onto in a bit. But Ronaldo aside, uh, Patrick, we had a couple of starts for Bruno Fernandes and Gonzalo Gage. We, we kind of thought that Gage would get the start over Andre Silva. Tom, you were pretty keen on Bruno Fernandes getting the start. But Patrick, how do you see these two guys? And what did you make of the team as a whole, excluding Ronaldo? To touch on Gage, um, in, in a game like that against Spain, personally, I would have liked to have seen him um, a lot closer to the flanks. I think, you know, in terms of the Portuguese shape, it would have been better to have had... Gedge on the left, where you, where you could have Ronaldo float in through the centre. But obviously, um, Fernando Sanchez would have been hoping to have someone like Gedge who could press uh, and buzz around Busquets and try to stop Spain's flow from there. So I can see why Gedge uh, would have played through the middle. I was quite surprised to have seen uh, Bruno Fernandes play, obviously, because when we when we talk about Fernando Sanchez, we talk about a manager who likes to to stick to his players, and he 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 really treasures that that form of trust that he builds with his players so to have a player like Jean Mari who who played such a key role at the Euros and again in, in the recent friendlies was impressive I, I thought he would have started but it was very positive to see someone like Bruno Fernandes come in um, someone who in my opinion in the final third um, tends to be more decisive than Jean Mari so it was it was it was a nice switch of mentality from Fernandes and it, and it shows that you know in another game, in different kinds of circumstances, I think um, Portugal can do very well. Okay, Tom, well, we've got a question from Ask Keenish, who asks, would love to hear your assessment on Gonzalo Gedge and where he fits best into the starting 11. Do you want to try and work that into your answer as far as assessing Gedge and Bruno Fernandes in, against Spain? Patrick covered it quite nicely there. Uh, I think it was quite a surprise, not maybe uh, given uh, maybe more given the opposition that uh, Ged's partners Ronaldo up front because uh, we all know he's been training there and he's played there for Portugal in the friendlies. But of course, Spain, they're so strong in midfield. Most people expected Ged's perhaps to play on the left flank like he plays uh, for Valencia and uh, give Portugal another, uh, another man in midfield. You know, maybe uh, Bruno Fernandes in this case or as well Mario was picked, uh, you know, then going more into the centre try and balance things up against the Spanish. So uh, that didn't happen. He was up front. You know, he, he had those two breaks with Ronaldo, brilliant, brilliantly worked breaks, really, when Portugal were 1-0 up. But I think he did show his nerves. Didn't really have the best of games, if we're perfectly honest. Uh, Geds also a little bit at fault for uh, the second Spanish equaliser. Uh, but, uh, but now what does uh, Fernando Santos do? It's very interesting because... I think a lot of people have said, and I agree, that perhaps you know dropping Geds now might hit his confidence quite hard. Uh, it was his first game. I think nobody doubts his potential. So maybe it would be good to stick with him, and especially in a game where, uh, you know, in, in principle, he'd be coming up against a, a side where perhaps he, he can expect to have more joy. 
So I'd actually stick with Gaird's Bruno Fernandes. Uh, again, uh, very, it's, uh, it's a nice problem for Fernando Santos to have, of course, because it's two brilliant options if it's between him and João Mario. Uh, João Mario has never let Portugal down. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, again, a bit disappointing. Uh, but really, we have to say all the Portuguese players, apart from Ronaldo, were a little bit disappointing against Spain. I don't know how much of that was because they actually played badly or just because Spain was so good. And so it's going to be interesting now to see if Fernando Santos mixes things up or if he, you know, kind of gives them a second chance. Uh, the starters, I think, uh, knowing Fernando Santos and the way he was very uh, willing to change his lineup all throughout Euro 2016 and really throughout his whole tenure as Portugal coach, we might see a few changes. I think, uh, for me personally, I'd like to see Ged uh, get the start, but perhaps swap Joao Mario for. Bruno Fernandes, uh, but having said that, I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Silva uh, forces his way back into the side. But I can't see really why there would be so much criticism against the Portuguese players in this game. You know, Font was, was a little bit ordinary, you'd have to say, but Diego Costa's world-class striker. You know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the debate about whether uh, Pepe was fouled on, on the first one, um, that could go on for, for ages, but end of the day, it's still a goal, and there was two central defenders there and should have stopped him. You know, we saw the, both of these players do quite well against Romelu Lukaku, but you know, Diego Costa, he's, he's no slouch up front. Uh, Bernardo Silva come in for a bit of criticism, but um, overall, I mean, I think you have to remember that we're playing against Spain here. I guess we didn't know what, how they were going to react after the Lopetegui scandal, but it wasn't a surprise to see them get together and play a really strong game. Um, Patrick, we've got a question from Zay Pereira who asks, are people overreacting to players' performances after a match against a World Cup favourite opponent? Defensively, um, there's, there was obviously a lot of um, a lot of doubts of whether um, Portugal's defence w- was strong enough essentially to take them all the way. And to have your first test against undeniably one of the favourites, no matter uh, what situation they find themselves in, you know, essentially, I, th- I thought the defence was, was very strong. And you know, we know what Spain are like in terms of dismantling the defence. They move the ball about. Um, so quickly, perhaps quicker than any other any other international team. So it, it was a re- it was a really good test, and I thought a lot of the players responded well to the test. Yeah, sure, there, there was moments in there that, that Spain absolutely dominated Portugal, but you know it's, it's, a, it's a results business at the end of the day, and Portugal get a point. Overall, I think when you come up against a side like Spain, who who, who are so strong and and you look them in the eye and put in a good performance and get a result out of it, I think I think praise is always due. I, I wouldn't level anything negative towards any of the players. Of course, there were a few like Gedge, and that, there were a few moments where they could have um, executed uh, moments a, a bit better, but, you know, it, it happens. It, it was a big game, and emotions were running higher. Overall, I think... A lot, of, a lot of the players um, just succumbed to the situation. It was a big game in Spain, obviously. A team that keep possession very well. Tom, it's really difficult to criticise players individually. You could say that Bernardo Silva had a, a quiet mm. game. Uh, Bruno Fernandes struggled a little bit. Gonzalo Guedes missed a couple of ch- uh, opportunities early on, but then he provided the assist for Ronaldo. Let's just talk quickly about the central defenders and go to a question from Christopher Ballas, who asks, would you swap out Font for Diaz, Sedgwick? for Ricardo Pereira or Matinho for Manuel Fernandez in the double pivot? It's interesting because, like you, I think I, I echo everything uh, Patrick said there about the, you know, we have to take into account who the opposition was. 
And some of the criticism, I think, has been a little bit harsh. Uh, for instance, Moutinho get, coming in for quite a lot of criticism. I actually thought he did quite well. I think he out of the midfielders. He was perhaps the, the best performing midfielder, in my opinion. You know, having said that, one thing also I suppose we have to take into account is that was an exceptionally draining game, both physically and mentally. So uh, that might actually uh, play into Fernando Santos's thinking, uh, especially as you know we've all discussed this squad is so strong and so deep that uh, you can potentially change two or three of the pieces without uh, you know making the squad weaker. And so. Uh, let, let's see what happens as far as the individual, uh, you know, the individual discussions goes. Yeah, a lot of people uh, giving Font a, a bit of a hard time. I would agree with you, Matt. We've got to take into account that uh, Diego Costa is, uh, you know, one of the best strikers in the world. Full stop. That first goal was just uh, absolutely brilliant. You know, I don't think we can, uh, you know, there's no two ways about it. Just showed aggression, showed skill, showed uh, just an uh, lethal finish and uh, whatever your thoughts about whether it's a foul or not on, on Pep I think you have to say that was just an outstanding piece of play by uh, by uh, Diego Costa and, as, and uh, as far as the defenders coming in for a bit of uh, criticism I, I actually don't think Font did too badly he was uh, we have to remember that uh, Spain were constantly on the attack and you, you could actually level perhaps a bit more criticism at the midfielders for you know not giving the defence a bit more protection. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Font perhaps is dropped just for a question of a kind of physical, uh, you know, the, the physical issue that was such a draining game, and uh, you know he's not uh, he's no spring chicken, so uh, perhaps uh, Fernando Santos will will choose. I think you could choose either Alves or Diaz. Uh, to go alongside Pep. As far as Cedric for Ricardo goes, that's an interesting one. I think that's one where perhaps it's not a like-for-like change. Cedric, very, uh, I'd say, possibly the better defender, uh, but not doesn't give so much going forward. Ricardo Pereira had an absolutely outstanding season for Porto, uh, did quite well in the friendly. So that's a possibility, but I'd be quite surprised, to be honest, to see that change. I think uh, Fernando Santos just considers Cedric number one central uh, right back, and I think he'll stick with him. Uh, the other one, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, one of the, like I say, one or two of the midfielders, it wouldn't surprise me to see them swap. Perhaps Mourinho, again, because of the physical question, he had such a draining game. Bruno Fernandes for João Mario, that one wouldn't surprise me at all, because uh, I think Bruno Fernandes was a, a little bit disappointing. One thing he did do in that game, which he always does for sporting, he just worked his socks off from start to finish. Yeah, I think if I, it was up to me, I would maybe give Moutinho a rest. I thought he worked extremely hard and was visibly tired towards the end of the game. So I'd give him a little bit of a rest here, or at least take him off before the end of the game if he starts. I would definitely bring in João Mario for Bruno Fernandes. That was, I think that'll happen 100%. With, as far as Font and Diaz... It's a tough one, but I, I don't think Santos will do it. I don't think he'll bring Diaz into this situation. I don't think he'll change the defence at all, really, but we'll have to see what happens. What was interesting was Santos uh, sending out a message after the game saying 
that Portugal had to be more intense, you know, and he has to rectify it somehow. So there will be some changes. I would be surprised if he takes Guedes out. You know, I thought he improved throughout the game. It was a tough assignment against Spain. We have to remember this. You know, I think Guedes will, will continue to start, but anything could happen. Let's just have a quick question here from Jesse Patral, which is really talking about what we've been discussing here, um, Patrick, and that's uh, what changes would you make for the Morocco match? I don't think Portugal perhaps require many changes to make it at all, really, especially at the back, I think, um, Fernand Sancho will, will opt to, unless there's um, you know, obvious fatigue from any of his back line. I think he will like to keep it like that, keep it organised and you know, start start to build uh, par- uh, a partnership between them again. Perhaps the only change that I could see and that I'll I personally would make is as you say, either you could you could bring Juan Mario in because personally I think he, he's in a good bit of form, or you could push Gedge out wide and instead bring in Andres Silva into the mix because from uh, what was evident in the Morocco game against uh, Miran is that they're a team that they obviously like to have the ball at their feet uh, and they press quite high uh, to do so. So um, having a centre forward like Andres Silva paired up against someone like uh, Mehdi Benati or Romain Sass, that could potentially free up the likes of Ronaldo and Gedge um, on the counter-attack, and perhaps that's where Portugal can have uh, a bit of joy against Morocco. So let's wrap this up, Tom. And, and with that performance from Portugal against Spain, has that altered your long-term uh, view on, on, on Portugal at the World Cup? It's interesting because although Spain completely outplayed them, uh, like Patrick said a while ago, Portugal actually have a shot at finishing first in this group. You know, it's basically going to depend. Uh, uh, I do think that Portugal, even with greater or, or less difficulty, I do think they'll probably get the job done against Morocco and Iran. I think the same for Spain. So it's going to come down to goal difference if that happens. Like, like uh, everyone in the Portuguese camp, I'm sure, will be very upbeat after that game. You know, just a free free result against one of the tournament favourites. It's a good result anyway. The way it happened makes it even better. You know, like we've discussed, it's a draw which really feels like a, a victory. So I think morale will be high if, uh, you know, if they can get a... And, and also I think the other game has kind of worked into Portugal's hands, uh, saying this last words. But uh, I think Morocco really have to come out. And like I say, not even a draw will probably be enough for them. So they're going to have to push forward, which hopefully... That will leave Portugal, uh, well, definitely, I'd say, will leave Portugal more spaces to exploit. And, you know, with the kind of attacking talent they have, maybe we'll see that shine this game. Yeah, I'm still confident. You know, I, I didn't really want to put any limitations on, on Portugal. I think they believe they can go all the way. Uh, we proved it at France, they can go all the way. So a little bit of luck in the knockout rounds, if fingers crossed we make it, definitely go all the way. Ronaldo has shown that he can step up against uh, the best teams. I think there's just so much improvement here to come. You know, and Santos, uh, in Santos we trust, and and I think he's gonna he's gonna figure it out. You know, whether it's Bruno Fernandes coming out, Guedes altering his positional play a little bit, whether it's a change in central defence, who knows? Uh, but there's certainly plenty of options for Santos here, and I'm I'm confident. I'm loving what Portugal are doing. They're in a good part of the draw too. You know, they should be able to avoid Brazil and Germany, and um, you know, with with a bit of luck, have a have a decent run to the quarter and semi-finals and who knows from there but Patrick just from your uh, view how did this game if any alter your perception on Portugal's chances 
in Russia. Yeah, well, it was important to survive the Spain test, and I think Portugal were able to do that. And as you say, with the added bonus, that it, it sort of feels like a win. Um, and what that does, obviously, it sets up the opportunity for Portugal to potentially top the group and and then have a, a, a nice-looking path um, going forwards in the tournament. But, um, no, as you say, it is only one point on the board, and it's important to keep the same energy and focus uh, going into a game like Morocco because they are uh, still a very good footballing side and, and and when you play teams like Iran as well those can be uh, very different tests which will have to remain focused but for sure I think the game against Spain was, was an important result um, particularly from a mental perspective and uh, I think Portugal can, can look on now to that Morocco game and feel um, very confident about their chances Yeah, I think they will and I think all Portuguese supporters should be should be confident in the team and be fully fully behind them as they chase World Cup glory in Russia. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Tom, I know you've got to run, so thanks again for your time and enjoy the Morocco match on Wednesday. Thanks, Matt. Yep, Forza Portugal. Forza Portugal. Patrick, thank you very much. Enjoy the match as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries. That was the Portugal World Cup podcast. I've been Matthew Marshall. Thanks for your company. Enjoy the game. Be nice to each other and be champions.